Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to a message from New King Church. We're a church located in South Burlington, Vermont, and our prayer is that this resource would help you find and follow Jesus. If you want to know more about our church and the ministries we have, check us out at newkingchurch.com. Good morning, New King. Uh, Would you pray with me? Father, uh, we come before you over the, um, the use of this technology, Lord. We ask that you would still um, use this, use this mini message um, to encourage our church and uh, speak, Lord, through this. We ask it. We ask that you would open up your word to us, that you would uh, give me the words to say and give us hearts to listen and understand. Uh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, as you know by now, we have um, had to take a couple of weeks off due to a positive COVID case in our church. And since, since finding out about that time, uh, there have been a few others in, in our leadership who uh, have also tested positive for COVID. So I'm praying for the entire church, asking that God's hand of protection would just be on all of you and um, that this would not uh, spread beyond uh, the leadership and that, um, yeah, that he would be with us no matter what. What I'm going to share with you this morning is out of my quiet time from this past Thursday, uh, the day before we um, got word about the COVID case. And um, God spoke very uh, timely message for me, and I believe it is going to be timely for our whole church, and so I hope it's an encouragement to you. This is not the sermon that I had planned on preaching this week. Obviously, we were going to do Vision Sunday, and we have postponed that, um, and so this week I had been working on a Vision Sunday talk, and um, so this is not a sermon per se, but uh but just something that God has been showing me as I've been studying in my personal quiet time going through the book of Exodus, and so I hope uh, it will be an encouragement to you. Um, it's going to be more of a devotional style, in other words. It's not going to be super polished, so um, bear with me on, on that. Um, I have been making my way through the book of Exodus, and there have been some things I've been, some dots I have been connecting as I'm making my way through Exodus. Um, and that specifically, one of the things that I keep seeing is how um, the people of Israel, after they were uh, rescued out of slavery in Egypt, and they saw God's mighty hand, his, his outstretched hand, deliver them from the Egyptians, and they uh, they saw how the, um, the angel of destruction passed over their homes. If they had the blood of a lamb on the doorpost, uh, they were then delivered from the Egyptian army as they passed through the Red Sea. Um, and I just have noticed that it's really been one test after another since they left Egypt. And the people of Israel wandering through the wilderness are really a parallel to us 
in this life. The people of God delivered from uh, our uh, from our enemy, from the domain of darkness. We've passed through the waters of baptism, just as the Israelites passed through the Red Sea. And we then have this life that we live before we enter into the promised land, uh, before we go to heaven. And so there's much to learn from the people of Israel and uh, their wanderings in the wilderness in in, uh, the book of Exodus. Um, But what I keep seeing is how the people of God, the Israelites, are tested one time after another, beginning with the test that they face when the Egyptian army um, basically uh, traps them up against the Red Sea. <clears throat> um, they, they see this army, in, in, you know, coming at them with uh, all, the, all the firepower, all the horses and chariots and everything else. And they are basically standing there helpless, thinking that they're about to be devoured. And Moses says to the people, fear not. This is um, Exodus 14, verse 13. He says, fear not, stand firm, see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. And so this is their first test. They kind of freak out, obviously, um, but they cry out to the Lord in that moment. And the Lord uh, delivers them in a mighty way. He parts the Red Sea. They walk across the Red Sea on dry land. And then the Lord brings the Red Sea back together on top of the Egyptian army and delivers them from their enemies, and they worship God, and uh, they they're singing. They sing this incredible song, um, saying, "Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders?" And saying things like, "The Lord will reign forever and ever." And so their faith is high. They've just seen God deliver them, but Im- almost immediately. After this deliverance, it says in Exodus 15, starting in verse uh, 22, that they set out from there. Uh, They went three days in the wilderness and they found no water. And and when they did find water at uh, Marah, it says, the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? Because the water that they found was bitter. And um, Moses prayed and the Lord showed Moses a a log and he throws it in and he turns and and the Lord turns the water from bitter to sweet. So that's their their first test after passing through the waters. Um, And then a little bit later um, in chapter 16, they set out and they're in the wilderness of sin. And... um, it says in 16.2, the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. They grumbled again. Um, and they said in verse three, you know, basically you should have left us in Egypt. Um, 
he said, they say, at least we had food to eat. And now you've brought us out here into the wilderness to die of hunger. And the Lord says to Moses, behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. Um, and it's so cool because whenever we see the people of Israel complaining, grumbling in their disbelief that God will take care of them, God is always about to do something. Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And he ends up feeding them with manna. And, and every single time they go through these tests and it's like they always grumble and complain when God is just about to come through. And they, um, they don't believe, they don't cling to the Lord through their trial, and they end up grumbling. Well, my, um, my quiet time on Thursday, Thursday morning this week, was in Exodus 17. And in Exodus 17, um, as you can imagine, the people of Israel are tested again. And it says that uh, the people um, came to Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. So this time they are tested with thirst. And it says the people quarreled with Moses um, and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water and the people grumbled against Moses. <clears throat> so here we are again. God is about to provide water for them out of a rock in the least likely of places. He is about to provide for them. But before that happens, the people of God grumble. They complain. They don't trust that God will come through. They don't trust that God is good in their trial. And then down in Exodus 17, verse seven, it says, and he called the name of the place, Moses called the name of the place Massa, which means testing, and Meribah, which means quarreling, <clears throat> because of the quarreling of the people of Israel and because they tested the Lord by saying, and don't miss this, by saying, is the Lord among us or not? Is the Lord among us or not? Wow. Now, when we look back um, on this story, it seems hard to believe that the people of Israel could have that mindset, especially considering the miracles that they had seen, the powerful deliverance that they had seen, the miraculous provision that they had seen. God has delivered them from the Egyptians, parted the Red Sea. He has turned the bitter water sweet he has fed them with um, bread from heaven and has been going before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. God is visibly leading them. 
And yet, because they thirsted, they had the audacity to ask the question, is the Lord among us or not? In other words, if God were really among us, he wouldn't let us be thirsty. That really struck me on Thursday morning in my quiet time. And, um, and there's actually a psalm, Psalm 95, um, that references this story in Exodus. <clears throat> and uh, Psalm 95, and it's also quoted in Hebrews 3. But it says, Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as at Meribah, as on the day at Massa in the wilderness. So this is the very same day that, that Psalm 95 is talking about. When your fathers put me to the test and put me to the proof, though they had seen my work. Right? That's what we're just saying. They've seen his power. They've seen his, uh, his might on display. They've seen the miracles. They've seen the provision. And yet, they are questioning him at this point. And then the Lord says this. For 40 years, I loathed that generation and said, they are a people who go astray in their heart. And they have not known my ways. They have not known my ways. What does God mean by that? What does he mean by saying they have not known my ways? Well, I believe that what God is referring to is that his ways include testing. In fact, in the book of Deuteronomy, God says that he led the people of Israel through the wilderness in order to test them, in order to see what was in their hearts. And so it struck me as I was studying this that each one of these tests, God could have so easily kept them from going through. Each one of these. In fact, I mean, going all the way back to their deliverance from from Egypt, uh, the Lord, it says in Exodus 14, 8, that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart in order that the people, the armies of Egypt would um, go after the people of Israel. So the Lord was the one who caused that to happen uh, so that he could get the glory uh, of the way that he would powerfully deliver his people. And then looking at the, their next test, when um, they go out from, uh, from the Red Sea in Exodus 15, and they're led to be, you know, thirsty, and they, they find water, but it's bitter. And then the Lord turns it to sweet by having Moses throw a log in it. And it dawned on me that God could have so easily turned the water sweet before they got there. He didn't need Moses to throw a piece of wood into the water in order to turn it sweet, but he chose to do it that way. And then as we go on, he lets the people 
of Israel get hungry um, and start feeling that hunger before he rains down um, manna from heaven. It was his choice when he would do that. And he allowed them to face that hunger before he introduced them to this new source of food called manna. Um, He could have done that on day one. He could have said, I'm gonna feed you this way. You're not gonna have to feel hunger for a single day. I'm gonna feed you from the very beginning with manna. But he didn't do that. And then the same thing here in Exodus 17. Um, He waited. It's, It's not that there was anything special about the rock that he, um, that he brings water out of. <coughs> um, he could have easily led them to any rock and made water come out of any rock, but he chose to allow them to experience thirst to the point to where it was a real test, um, to the point to where they're grumbling against Moses and quarreling with each other and all of it was to test them, to see what was in their hearts. And each time, what we see that's in their hearts is unbelief. And that's what Hebrews 3 says. When Hebrews 3 quotes Psalm 95, um, Hebrews 3 is referring back to this same story. And, <clears throat> and it says... After quoting Psalm 95, it says, Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And it goes on and it says, Um, so we see in, in this, the, the last verse of Hebrews 3, <clears throat> verse 19. So we see that they were unable to enter the promised land because of unbelief. They were unable to enter the promised land because of unbelief. They hardened their hearts. That's what it says. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion, on the day of testing in the wilderness. They hardened their hearts and they immediately concluded because of the trial that they were facing that maybe God isn't among us. It's really amazing when I think about it that God had me study that passage the day before I got the call about uh, a positive COVID case in our church. And uh, this is one of those things that we've known was, could potentially happen, right? We took a risk in gathering together because we felt like the risk was worth it. And um, we still have that conviction that the risk is worth it. And we're, we're trying to be responsible and smart and do what we can um, and still know that even while being as smart as we can be and as responsible as we can be, there's a risk involved. And that this was possible that we could have 
uh, COVID hit our church. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I was always anxious about that possibility. But as all of this played out, you know, I just kept thinking back to what the Lord showed me on Thursday morning in my quiet time, that um, God's way is that he tests his people. You know, when it says they have not known my ways, I think he's saying they haven't understood that this is how I work. I test my people time and time again. I let them feel their need before I bring deliverance. Um, He lets them see their enemy drawing near. He lets them go days without food or without water or whatever it is um, to show what's in their heart. And this is a test for us, right? This is a test. We're not gonna get to gather for a couple of weeks and... um, and some of you are, you know, you're concerned or you're dealing with your own struggles. Maybe it has nothing to do with COVID. But the Lord tests his people. He allows us to go through difficulties and trials. And in the end, we're going to find that it was never about this life. In the end, we're going to find out it was always about the life ahead in the promised land. That all of the tests and trials that we face while we're wandering around in this wilderness of life, it's all to strengthen us and to prepare us for the life to come, the life in heaven. You know, I think about how testing reveals what's in our hearts and how so many times I have failed the test. I have been guilty just like the Israelites, of grumbling in the middle of a trial. And actually, the Lord was convicting me of grumbling uh, just last week, the week leading up to Easter. I struggled. I was feeling a lot of stress, and I was grumbling. I was complaining, and it all felt so justified. Um, And the Lord showed that to me and convicted me and showed me that I wasn't trusting him. I wasn't believing that he was still with me. Just like the Israelites, is the Lord among us or not? And I wasn't really believing in my stress that the Lord was with me. You know, Jesus also was tested to see what was in his heart. And instead of 40 years, like the Israelites, Jesus, the new and better Israel, He wandered in the wilderness for 40 days of testing. And in the end, what we see that was in his heart is that he loved the Father and he would not disobey the Father. No matter how hard the tests got, he didn't question that his Father was still with him. Only Jesus could do that perfectly. But church, we have Christ in us. And so 
by his power, when we trust in him, when we put our faith in Jesus, we can endure trials of various kinds with joy, like it says in James chapter one. We can go through whatever the trial might be, whether that's sickness or the loss of a loved one or a loss of a job or whatever the trial might be, we can go through it knowing that he is still with us. He is sovereign over all our tests and trials. And so, church, know that we serve a very good God. And whether it's next week or on the other side of heaven, he is always about to deliver us from our trials. There's always something he's about to do, just like he was about to rain down bread from heaven for his people. God today is about to do something that we would never believe if only we knew. And so church, have faith, have courage, cling to your God. He is good and he is with you and he will not leave you or forsake you. So let's pray. Father, you truly are. You are so good to us and you, you don't leave us. <laughs> You're with us in every trial, small or big, God. And um, if, we, if we can only learn to believe, to trust you, to rest in you. Every trial is a trial of trust, a test of trust. And so Lord, help us when, when we go through trials of various kinds, not to grumble, Lord. Help us not to complain. Help us not to vent to our spouse or our roommates or our friends. Lord, help us instead to turn immediately to you and cry out to you the way Moses did. Help us, God, to trust that you're always about to do something and that you are a God who tests your, your people. And help us not to be like the Israelites who um, didn't know your ways. But help us, Lord, to know that this is how you work and so that we're not surprised by the fiery trial when it comes upon us. Lord, you discipline your children. You discipline those you love. And we trust that you are sovereignly doing that work in us even right now. Help us, Lord, to cling to you in faith, to trust you through whatever it is that we go through. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, amen. Uh, thanks for watching, uh, tuning in online. I know it's not as good as the real thing when you get to fellowship with one another and but thanks for, um, for sticking in there with us. And we'll plan on doing another online message next week. Um, and then, Lord willing, be back to in-person gatherings the following Sunday. But stay tuned. We will certainly keep you in the loop. And God bless.